Welcome to the House Church Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message by Pastor Stephen Sexton. If you would like to know more about the House Church, please visit our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the House app. I want to give you two verses and we're going to walk through this today. We're talking about principles to flourish and we're talking about being rooted. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This verse speaks of a transition that begins to happen in your life. Notice you don't get rid of your flesh. But the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Faith is a choice. You can have fear or you can have faith. Both of these things believe what they can't see will come to pass. Faith is is what God uses to intervene in your life and fear is what the enemy uses to intervene in your life. You can fear, oh, I don't want to be like my dad. I don't want to be like my mom. Oh, I don't want to have this generation. Oh, I don't want to do this. Oh, I don't want to be that. I don't want to fail. I, I, I would go ahead and step out. I have a lot of gifts. People always say I could, but I'm just kind of, fear will always shackle your potential and faith will always release it. Does that make sense? We are people of faith. We are not people of science. I'm not saying that we don't dis- we use science. God uses science. God uses everything. That's one of the issues in the church in the 80s is that we were like, oh, we, we, we don't believe in science. We believe in science. We are without excuse. Roman tells us we can look at everything and see God. We do believe. But we believe in faith. You, that you have faith right now that that chair is going to hold you up. You don't know who constructed it. You don't know. You don't know. It could have been some person just part-time. <laughs> they weren't thinking about you. They weren't thinking about lumbar support, baby. Come on. Does it, you, you woke up and just took for granted some things. That when I put my key in, the car's going to start. That I, I'm going to have, uh, my fuel tank's going to be working. That my kids are going to wake up and, come on, does that make sense? You have faith in something, the world wants you to have faith in you. That I can supply all of my needs. No, you can't. Because you know what, the truth is, we all know by now you can't even keep yourself happy. Is that right? Come on, I... And so in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 through 10, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope, come on, is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the water, which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when he comes. Can I talk to anybody today who's got a little heat? Come on, anybody got a little heat in the kitchen? Anybody got a little heat in their life? Anybody in a moment where I'm feeling a little heat? heat. Maybe you've got some bill collectors calling you, giving you heat. Maybe you've got a boss looking at you saying, come on, if you don't turn this around, I'm going to give you a little heat. Maybe you're in in marriage. I don't know if I want to say that. (laughs) That's not the heat I'm talking about. But the the reality is, listen, maybe there's a little heat 
in where you live. But the Bible says that those who are firmly, come on, planted, when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green. In other words, it doesn't wither away when heat comes. And it won't be anxious in the ear of drought. Oh, there's no water, there's no water, there's no water. I'm planted by the river, baby. It don't need to rain. I can make it without some rain. Because I've planted in a strategic, come on, place. And God's going to grow me even if there is no rain. Look at this. And will be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. We are called to bear much fruit. It's about fruit. It's not about um, your feelings. Come on, somebody. It's not about your comfort. It's not about your influence. It's not about your popularity. It's not about... Come on, your career, it's not about your education, it's not about your kids. It's about producing fruit that will last. And church, for all of us to flourish and move on to what God has for us, we're going to have to surrender. There's going to have to be some surrender in our life. And the number one issue in the Bible, the number one sin issue in the Bible was unbelief. Because when you don't believe God's word, then you think there can be an alternate pathway for me to thrive. Unbelief is it. Do we believe that this kind of response and this kind of attitude or this kind of sin will produce in our life and I can do it and it will still work? Does it make sense? The reality is we all have to surrender. Matthew 26, 36, and 39. And can I just say this? Surrender is all throughout the Bible. Will you surrender your will to his will? You know what I'm saying? Uh, Abraham, will you surrender your son in order to produce m many sons? Okay? The God will always ask for the biggest thing in your life. I'm not talking, listen, I don't want to be misinterpreted. I'm not talking about you going out and murdering somebody. The reality is it was a principle and the principle was that I want whatever you think will bring you joy I want that and I will give you something much much bigger I'll give you something much bigger Noah had to give his family and surrender his time to build a boat in the midst of everyone who thought he was crazy Esther had to almost give her life walking into King Xerxes and, and, and saying, hey, what you're about to do and the decision you're about to make, knowing that women were not respected in that time, knowing that she could have easily been killed, but yet I'm going to surrender. And every time the people of God surrender, they, they are put in a place to have influence. Every single time. We, we got to be people who Jesus surrendered. It says this, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. Um, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't, Gethsemane, I know. I know. Yeah, I had, the, I had the, that, that moment, you know, where you're just like, 
Some of you visitors are like, does he know the Bible? Uh, <laughs> and he said to the disciples, sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Can I tell you that I love that verse that it's in there? Because Jesus is like the super miracle rock star. And you don't think that Jesus ever has a distressed day. What, you want bread? <laughs> okay, give me some fish. Give me some, give me some, give me a, I'll turn one nugget into like a whole deal of Chick-fil-A's. Don't even mess with me. I, 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 I'm not even playing on this deal. What, what, what do you need? Give me a fish, I'm going to make a buffet. I don't have bad days. But yet in this particular day, he was sorrowful and distressed. Now, he was not sorrowful and distressed because of his pain. He was never thinking about his pain. He was always thinking about the people who were rejecting God's plan. Look at this. Let's go ahead and keep going a little further. Then he said to him, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. <laughs> uh, this is an emotional day for me. Okay? And here's what he says. Then he said to them, what? It's him, my soul is extremely sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch. And he went a little further, fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O oh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. If Jesus, the Son of God, had to surrender, then what makes it think that we don't have to surrender? We have to surrender. Listen, I want to say this a thousand times. Your salvation is secure because you don't work for it. But your blessing, fruit, the life that you live is all conditional based on what you submit to. This is, this is very clear. Okay? You can go to heaven broken or you can go to heaven... I mean, you can, this life can work for you or you can be like, I'm ready to leave it right now. I can't take it. It's too hard. I can't overcome it. But that'll be on you. But we have an open heaven and God is like, hey, I have done what I need to do for you to thrive. But you got to get in this and plant this seed so that it grows so that you are not moved by adversity. Does this make sense? I want to give you four truths about surrendering. Four truths about surrendering. The first is this. Surrendering doesn't come natural. It doesn't come natural. It's funny. My boys, we, well, my, all my kids, we wrestle all the time. My boys, if I start tickling them, they're like, I give, I give, I give, I give. My daughter, it, she will not give. Now, you can see the tickling. You, I'm pinching her toe. I'm doing... She, she, and all the boys are like, give up, give up. I will not give up. But I always win. Um, the, but the point is that some of us are like that. We, we, just, we just, for some reason, we just won't give up. We just won't surrender. We all want control, security. And because of pain and rejection, we put up these walls, and, and our natural response first is fear. Pride. Come on. Pride raises its ugly. I don't, I don't, I don't need, let me tell you. People talk about, here, well, here's what you need. I'm going to tell you what you need. You need to go and get out of my face. 
Listen, no one surrenders easy. Surrendering doesn't come natural. A surrendered life responds different than an offended life. If you are all If you are always offended, then you need to ask yourself, have I surrendered me for him? Because the reality is, I wish that we didn't live in in a world that had so much hatred and evil and racism and just vindictive people. A guy guy actually had in his mind, I'm going to go shoot a bunch of people? Sick. Demonic. And we got a culture that is more focused on guns than health. And I'm not trying to be political, but I am saying that if you think that we can get rid of everything evil and people will be good, you can wrap people in bubble wrap, baby, but I'm telling you, they're going to find a way to suffocate somebody. Because evil is in people. And you cannot pass a bill that will outlaw hate because everybody does. You've got to submit that under the cross, surrender your life, change, does that make sense? And begin to love people regardless of where they came from or how they look. That's life. That's life. It's no different between people who grew up with no dad and they're scared of men. Or people who had an overbearing mom and they're scared of women. All of us have something in us. I see all of our young moms. I love our young moms. We have a young moms group. They all get together. They got babies and they're posting their baby pictures. And they do coffee once every couple weeks. And if you know a mom, let me just say, if you know a mom in that season that has a baby that was looking for community, because I remember, you are so fulfilled and you're lonely. <laughs> it's kind of a weird deal. It's like you went from the, maybe the corporate world where you, like, you, were, you felt like society thought you were somebody and you could use your mind and you were intelligent and you had intelligent conversations and then you're wiping butts. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, <laughs> I used to be somebody. You know? And, and I think that sometimes uh, uh, we, we can forget how hard that season is. And so I love that they're all together and they're posting and they're taking pictures. And so if you want information on that, go to, that, go to the table out there and pick up that young mom's information. But can I tell you that as sweet as all of our kids are, come on, dumplings, precious, you boo, love them. They have a sin nature. And if you don't lead, come on, listen. If you're not surrendered, you will never teach surrender. You teach what you know. Listen, you teach what you know, but you impart who you are. And so, well, they were, I went to church all the time. I understand that you attended, but God wanted you. Does it make sense? It's like people who tell me that they try to discipline their child and whatever, and I'm not trying to get off into stuff, but I am saying, well, they come to me and and, and counseling them, well, I try, it just didn't work. Okay? Well, here's what I'm telling you. The Bible works. And so I see, listen, around it ain't under it. 
And there's a difference. There's a difference. We are to live a surrendered life. We all want security. All of us. We all want, uh, this world is trying to find some utopia. We all want utopia. And if there were no evil and no hardship and no lack and no frustration and no racism and no crime, then you know what? We, it would be a great world. Guess what? We would have to remove everybody. Like the world would be awesome because you wouldn't be in it. That's the reality. But the world offers us philosophies to, and, and tries to make you secure. But the Bible says that all of those philosophies are shifting sand. You can, they, they change all the time. Come on, don't ever lead and let your mind be moved by what the world is saying because the agendas change. We're against this. Well, now we're against this. Well, we used to be for that. Oh, that's terrible now. How could you be for that? I don't know. It's shifting. But the one thing that is true that doesn't shift is the word. It doesn't shift. Come on, activists would make us believe that as soon as we overcome this obstacle, then, then we would be that much closer to security. But in reality, there's always another fight. There's always another idea that opposes our ideas. Economically, well, we would find security if we just didn't tax or cut tax off or, or only, you know, we, we would be one step closer to security as soon as we could all get a raise and make more money. But the statistics prove that once people make more money, they absorb that into their daily living. Once again, it puts us in a position to hope for more money. We all want more, but no one wants to spend Less. It don't matter how much you make. It only matters how much you spend. If you got a meal coming in and you're spending two mil, you broke. <laughs> Relationally, well, if I could just get married, if I could just have a child, if I could just, well, then all of my dreams, I would finally be happy. I would have someone that has supposed to be with me when I'm lonely and hold me when I'm crying and help me through. And I just need a relationship. But it's so funny, before marriage, opposites attract. After marriage, opposites attack. Come on. <laughs> before marriage, it was passion. Now after marriage, you got a project. Come on. I just need a child. Oh, if I just had a child, my life, there would be so much happiness. I see all of these Instagram posts. I just need a child until they have a fever. Until they don't sleep through the night. Until they have colic. And you're like, anybody want my child? <laughs> Church life, I hear it all the time. We all looking for secure. Oh, I finally found a church that loves people. I finally found a church that preaches the word of God. I finally found a church that I can belong in. Just stay enough, baby. We're going to offend you. You know, I mean, because church is full of church people. That's the reality. And the only 
Utopia is going to be heaven. Where there is no sickness and no flesh. Come on, somebody. Heaven. Can I tell you that there is no security outside of Jesus? And we are all born unbelievers, skeptics, selfish. The second thing I want to say is this. The surrender, surrendering usually happens when we come to the end of ourselves. When you're... When, you know, you thought you had it all worked out. I got my plan. I got my agenda. agenda you know what I'm saying? I got my Microsoft plan. And you realize that, guess what? Life throws you a curve when you were expecting straight lines. And you're like, no, now what? A surrendered life realizes that it's not about me and begins to see the bigger picture of what, what God wants to do through us. I love talking about the story. There's so many great stories as we have been here 18 months, seeing God do awesome things in people, young people, adults, uh, in different phases of life. But, but one is uh, the story of Ben and Crystal. And, and I love to tell this story. Ben and Crystal, they come to the next service. And, and um, I just want to just take a moment. We, we were beginning to launch the, the church, and, and we had a group of people that gathered to take door-to-door, door-to-door, knock, can we pray for you? Here's a gift basket. Uh, we just want to let you know that we're a church in this community. And, and here's the deal. They were going through a very, very hard time. Um, and uh, she opened the door and received a little bit of prayer and instantly began thinking, hey, you know what? I've kind of wanted to be in church. Crystal was not raised in church. Uh, ben uh, was a Jehovah's Witness. And, um, and they came and, and wanted to come to one of our pre-launch events, but were very, very nervous, very, very scared. I, I didn't know who these people are. And so they waited till our launch service, and they came. And little by little, transformation began to happen in their life. Both of them got saved. Both of them got baptized. Both of them are now serving on the dream team. Both of them are now helping uh, co-lead a life group in a year. year, A little over a year. Come on, that's good. Let's clap for that. Is that good? Come on. Come on. The reality is what begins in a second at the altar is a lifestyle of change and surrender happens when you're done that's why we got to be outside that's why we got to we got to emissionally it should be our assignment do you know that there's a statistic that says that when a church begins to grow it grows because people get saved because people who have been in church longer than two years stop inviting people to church only people who have just been saved and are excited about their faith, invite people. Now, I know that's not us. Um, I know that you're kind of like just knocking doors down to be like, come to church. But the reality is we've got to continue inviting and seeing people get saved and surrender in your own personal life happens when you come to the end of yourself. I've tried it all and it doesn't work. The third thing is a surrendered life defeats the enemy. You know, a surrendered life defeats the enemy. I think we kind of messed up on our, our deal, but it defeats the enemy. Um, I can go ahead and talk about that one. A surrendered life isn't a one-time decision. 
Many times Jesus said, the things that you hear me saying are from my Father. In other words, it wasn't just one moment of surrender. It was a continual surrender. When Jesus, when God, the heavens opened up and said, this is my Son who I am well pleased, He immediately was led by the Spirit to be tempted. He was always submitting to the Father and His agenda was God's agenda. Now let me just say this because sometimes we get super spiritual. I hear people all the time, I woke up this morning and I said, good morning, Holy Spirit. What, what color shirt do you want me to wear today? Okay. I am not against that, but God came into your life and is going to use your gifts. Come on. And God put Adam in the garden to tend it, to keep it, and to grow it. And God knew that as long as Adam is connected to me, his work will grow. If we are connected to the Lord, God is not wanting you to surrender so he can micromanage your life. Do I turn right? Do I turn left? Okay, God, do I go to Taco Bell or do I go to uh, McDonald's? I just, I just can't make a decision until you tell me. No, what are you hungry for, baby? Just go. Just go. But as you go, come on. You're going under a different mantle. And God gave you your life to lead it, not waiting every moment for God to open or do something. God created you to lead. You are already created in the image of God. God is not wanting to micromanage your life. He's wanting to unleash your life. Does this make sense? A surrendered life is the only way to experience God's best. A surrendered life is the only way to experience God's best. And listen, if you'll surrender in the area of your finances and your tithe, you'll grow. If you surrender in the area of your language and how you communicate, you'll grow. If you surrender in your offense, you'll grow. If you, we can walk through whatever you want to walk through, but if you surrender it, it'll grow. Because here's the deal, God's word is true, and it works, and, and it always produces. Listen, a surrendered life defeats the enemy. Jesus responded in his temptation, and, and I don't have time to go there for the sake of time, but you can look at it. Um, I think it's Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 10. But, but it's amazing that the enemy comes to tempt, and here's what Jesus' response is. It is written. It is written. And when the enemy comes against him, Jesus responds not with just his thought, but responds with the Word of God. And here's what happens. Because Jesus was able to hold the enemy at bay with the Word of God, at the end, Jesus was able to say, get away from me. You're done talking to me. In fact, Jesus says, away from me, Satan. Some of us are entertaining lies because we don't know enough of the word. We got to get in it. You got to get in it. You got to know it. Because here's the deal. You, when your feelings come and you want to talk about that, oh, I just, I can't believe her. And she's, no, it is written. If I want to receive love, 
I've got to be able to give love. Does that make sense? No, it is written. It is written about forgiveness. It is written, come on, about purity. It is written about these things. And I want to see our church grow and thrive. I told you at the beginning of this series, and I would encourage you, go back, download our app. Listen to the first one. You can download our app. Go to iTunes or Google Play and just type in the house at NWA. But there are five principles that I want to give you to flourish. The first, we talked about it last week, the soil of your heart. When the soil of your heart is soft, it's easy uh, to produce God's plan in your life. The second is this. Every time you surrender to the seed, every area of your life will flourish. If you surrender that pain, that pride, the rejection, the control, every area that you give up, God will begin to start producing. Does that make sense? Now God loves you and God will wait for you. And Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and I'm waiting. And he's not waiting in accusation. Listen, there, the judgment is not now. It will happen one day. But right now, God could judge anytime he wants, but he's waiting and it's grace has covered us. Yeah. But he's still wanting you to make a step. Make a step. Surrender today. Romans 10 verse 9 says, if thou shalt confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and shall believe in your heart that God has raised him up from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For wherever calls, come on, on the name of the Lord shall be You're going to have to surrender if you want life. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message ministered to you. Feel free to let us know on the Connect tab of the House Church app. We hope you have a great week.